friend and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 505, and I'm here once again not only to help you have the best possible vacation experience when you go to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, not just with the podcast, but with my videos, blog, live broadcasts every Wednesday night over on Facebook, my books, audio tours, special events, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. I'm going to open up the inbox this week and answer more of your questions about topics including Disney Cruise to Alaska excursions, what should a first-time visitor's first ride in Walt Disney World be, the quickest and easiest transportation systems from resort to resort, future WDW Radio group trips, best restaurant for seafood and pescatarians, Spirit of Aloha seating, moving to Disney World, group discounts, new technology and classic attractions, and a question for you about Walt. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have some updates, announcements, including more information about upcoming meets of the month, special events, how I can help you, and more. So sit back relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. Walt Disney World is ever-growing and ever-changing, almost to the point that it's overwhelming for some people, and that's actually a good thing, because there's so much to do and so much to see and oh, so much to eat that you possibly cannot see and do it all, certainly not in one trip. And I think that's part of the beauty is that there's something new for you to experience every time that you come, but with that, it also brings up a lot of questions, a lot of challenges for a lot of people, and I get so many of those questions from you all the time in person, on Messenger, email, and on the WW Radio Box People group. And because of that, I like sharing answers, not just with the people that ask them, but with you as well, because I think that's going to not only help them, but you have the best experience possible and maybe introduce you to something that you never thought of seeing or doing or eating before. So this week, we're going to open up the oh-so-overflowing inbox and answer as many of your questions as we possibly can. And joining me once again this week is somebody who also loves, like me, helping people uh, and enjoy helping to help, helping them to enjoy their vacations as well. She is the Eeyore to my poo, the Dory to my Marlin. She is Becky Menken, CEO High Priestess of MEI and Mouse Travel. I don't think I ever used High Priestess. No, before. I don't think you have. That's a new title for me, apparently. Does that come with a tiara as well? Is that, should I be expecting some, I need to get out of the food coma. I, you know. We just had a long, comfortable, luxurious meal at Art Smith's Homecoming. Mm. Um, and we, we 
did not have a nap in between. I mean, not together, but separately have a nap before we uh, recorded. But we have a ton. It's, it's very comfortable. It's very, the comfort food there, we should have learned. We, should we have also done. ate enough for six. We kind so. of did. It's, uh, it's, it's that you know squishy mashed potatoes and everything that makes me want to take a nap right now. We should have done this the other direction, right? So somehow we got to wake up. The, uh, the thing that was interesting was your, uh, your curious laughter and crooked eye when I sat down and didn't look at the menu and knew exactly what I wanted to have. And I'm like, well, of course, like there's only one way to do it. You get the deviled eggs, mm-hmm. you get fried green tomatoes, you get hush puppies and you get the fried chicken sandwich with french fries. So basically they're telling me either that was the place you hung out before the boathouse or that's the place you go when you're not at the boathouse. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I do it just to keep the boathouse a little jealous, just okay. to keep the boathouse on its toes. Um, you can only do boathouse so many days during the week, and my maximum is Isn't seven. That we're going after it's, this? <laughs> possibly, okay. possibly. But it's a beautiful day. We're obviously here in Disney Springs. Uh, the four days of the winter snowpocalypse is over. Of course, it was only here the days that we stood outside for Marathon Weekend. But listen, we have a ton of questions that really run the gamut. Everything from Walt Disney World, we're going to hit maybe a little Disney Cruise Line, a little Disneyland. So let's dive right in. Uh, We don't get a chance to talk about these beforehand, so your answers are always going to be interesting and new and curious to me as well. And magical. (laughs) Hopefully. Uh, Rachel Chase from Texas says, Howdy, Lou, and maybe Becky too, with a question mark. I love your podcast and have been listening for about eight years, and your audio guides made our recent seventh Walt Disney World trip even more magical. My parents and I recently booked our first cruise ever and first Disney cruise, and it's on the Disney Wonder to Alaska in early June 2018. Interesting. My parents are in their late 50s, early 60s, so they're very young, and I will be 25, and we are having a hard time picking port adventures. Anything super intense wouldn't be best, but we were hoping in your infinite Disney wisdom that you could provide some suggestions for us three Mouseketeers. Also, Paolo for brunch or dinner? Yes. <laughs> Thanks for bringing us a little bit of Disney fun to Fort Worth. Sincerely, Rachel Chase. Um, Rachel, I'm super stoked to kick it off with this question for a number of reasons. I love cruising. Alaska is my favorite itinerary. And oh, by the way, we are going to be on the Wonder to Alaska as a group from June 18th to 25th. And Becky Mankin, correct me if I'm wrong, we still have some early special day one pricing for cabins available? Yeah, when we took out the group, we had a certain number of cabins that were day one pricing, and we still have a few. We've got definitely some insides, a couple of ocean views, and I believe one balcony still left while it lasts. (laughs) If you go to www.radio.com slash Alaska18, it'll take you right to the Mouse Fan Travel page. And Becky will personally give you a free no-obligation quote. But that's not the question, because she's asking about excursions. We have done multiple shows specifically about Alaska and the uh, opportunities that not just the ship, but the ports afford you. And really, you know, unlike some of the other cruises, uh, you know, in the, in the Caribbean, things like that, the, the destinations really are the stars here. And I think more so than anywhere else, the excursions that you choose for Alaska are most important. Uh, like you... I don't necessarily choose things that are on the high end of the adventure spectrum. Look, you can literally take a helicopter up and ski down or rappel down. That's a little bit too extreme for me, but you can also do things as simple as touring each of the different uh, ports, which are Skagway, Juneau, and Ketchikan. Uh, I'll tell you some of my favorites. Becky, you can share some of yours. In Skagway, uh, I've done it before. I'm going to do it again. There's a white pass train and drive down that is a pretty much an all-day excursion that takes you on this wonderful, romantic 
train ride, like up through the White Pass and through the mountains, and then you take a, um, a private van down, stopping at a number of locations. I don't want to spoil for you what some of the things that you get to do there, but some special experiences. That's what we did last time. It, it remains one of my favorite ones, and it's one that I'm going to do again this June. There are a lot of opportunities in Skagway, and in, in Alaska in particular, that will meet anybody's needs. And if you don't want to be that adventurous, but you still want to put your feet on a glacier, you can certainly take a helicopter and just land, get off, look at the snow, check out the puppies, and then, and then get back on the helicopter. But for, for Skagway in particular... We do a special one that does have the train that goes up and the van that comes down. Disney's typically goes just the train up and train back, but then you do get that beautiful view both directions. Um, personally, I'm that person that doesn't like to look down the 300-foot cliff, so I kind of tend in, in Skagway to enjoy the shopping, and there's a couple of great places to uh, to get the native uh, artifacts that are there, and the... Um, the artists' uh, shops are amazing to walk through, but they also have a speedboat ride up there. They have different fishing excursions that are available. They have uh, nature walks. They have uh, wildlife viewing. So there's a lot of different options in Skagway, and there's something for everybody, really. And you find out that even the ones that look really adventurous, uh, pay attention to uh, how much the activity is going to be in terms of uh, strenuous activity versus what it sounds like because some of them are actually really calm and tame but when you read it it sounds like you're going out in the wilderness for a week and you're never returning but, but in fact it's a four hour long excursion out where you get to see some of the great wilderness that Alaska is so well known for and um, and you're well taken care of along the way when you go to Juno, I have two words for you <laughs> do you know what they are they get it do you know what Two words for you are Mendenhall Glacier. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is the one absolute must-do. It is awe-inspiring. It is literally, it will take your breath away and give you a new perspective of just how infinitesimally small we are on this giant green globe of ours. Um, In Juno, there's two that I like, both of which are are very similar. I, I believe that Combining the the trip up Mendenhall Glacier again, you can you can go down at the base and look up at the glacier. You can also be taken up to the top and sort of make your way down. I like combining Mendenhall Glacier, being able to walk around. There's a visitor center there uh, with some whale watching because when in Alaska you whale watch. But I also like to maybe complete the trifecta because they have a combo. It's a triple Lindy combo of whale watching Mendenhall Glacier. Wait for it and a salmon bake and that's like the perfect way to end a perfect day in Juno. Juno is <laughs> it, what's really neat about Juno is that there's so much there and Juno's one of the places that you go on one or two excursions and you come back to the ship and realize you hear the stories from everybody else and what they did and it tells you you need to come back. Um, If you do find those wonderful combinations, I highly recommend them. They're longer excursions, like going to Mendenhall and then going whale watching can be a a four to six hour 
tour, which takes up your entire day when you're there. Um, some of these uh, companies that do offer the, the triple play, like the one that we were just talking about, um, can take up from the moment you get off the ship to almost right before the ship sails. So be very careful when you choose and, and make sure that you're aware of the amount of time that it's going to be. But yeah, you find those great combinations and you get the very best of Alaska in, in little bites. Um, some people will go back for their second or third trip and just go to Mendenhall because you go up, you see the visitor center, you get to walk towards the waterfall, but yet you may not realize that there's a whole um, network of pathways that will take you around a- another wilderness area off to the left from the same location where you can actually see bear, you can see eagles, you can see all kinds of nature too. So uh, some people tend to just go back there and spend more time at that location. But if it's your first time or this is a bucket list item for you, choose the ones that do have those combinations because Juno is one of the best places for whale watching you'll ever see. And also, too, some of these towns, uh, especially our next one, um, the town itself, to a certain degree, is sometimes a struggle because you want to also afford yourself some time to walk around. Oh, little town of Ketchikan, <laughs> how I love you so. Um, thank you. I just thought it up. Yeah, that <laughs> um, but here, this is where, the, um, on, our, on our upcoming cruise in June, I want to try one of two slightly different things that we've done before. We've done the totem tour. We've done... Um, some of the other boat tours. This time I want to try a rainforest canoe tour or there's also a rainforest hike with a little orca beach cruise. So you do a little bit of stuff on land, a little bit of stuff on water, but again, nothing that um, kids or adults or uh, older adults would find overly challenging. But I also like spending time uh, wandering the town itself. Yeah, Ketchikan is one of those that you can just, if you don't want to do a, a formal excursion, uh, while it is one of the best places to see eagles in, in their habitat or some of the, the native uh, totem poles, um, just walking around that little town is so picturesque and exactly what you would imagine an Alaska town would be. And they do have a couple of opportunities to do a, a city tour in the morning where you just hop on a bus and they kind of walk, uh, drive you around a little bit to kind of talk about the town, its history, point out some of the um, the locations, the best locations, and then you've got the afternoon to wander around yourself if you don't want to do something a little bit more active that day. Yeah, and so let me know what you choose and what you guys think of your very first uh, Alaska cruise. And if you're listening, if you've been to Alaska and there's another one that you think, thought of or suggest, go to the WW Radio Box People group on Facebook and let us know know there what you think. Uh, But Eric Leary has a question. He says, hey, Lou, so in the midst of finals week, my friends and I decided to de-stress by planning a hypothetical trip to Walt Disney World purely to see if we could get even close to possible. Well, one bad decision led to another, or great decision, depending on your point of view, and now my three closest friends and I are heading to Walt Disney World. It's especially exciting because one of my friends has never been to a Disney park before and doesn't know how amazing it is and what she's in for. So my question for you is, what do you think should be her first ride at Walt Disney World that will really capture what Walt Disney World is and has to offer? Thank you so much for the show. It never, puts a, it never fails to put a smile on my face and make me a little homesick for the most magical place on earth. Cheers, Eric Leary. So this is, you know, I love this question because everybody is going to have a different answer for a different reason. I'm going to let you go first. I knew you were going to do that. Or would you prefer not to go first? (laughs) I will give you ladies' choice. Okay, well, I would say you go first. (laughs) Okay. So, and while you think about it, I just want one answer. 
I don't want you to give me. I don't want you to give me fifteen because that's what I'm going to do. So I think there's. I, I would answer this, and you could sort of pick from this list. It sort of depends on what you think or what you want her experience to be. Do you start off with the classic attraction, the quintessential Walt Disney World, which for me would be Mansion or Pirates? It's it is it's an original. It it screams Disney parks. Or do you do something? where you just wow her? Do you just blow her away right from the outset, not with the incredibly long lines, but with something like Flight of Passage, which sets the bar so high, you wonder, will anything else sort of be almost a disappointment after that? Do you do a classic? Do you do something like It's a Small World? Which to get it over with? No. <laughs> See, I love it's a small world. I, you, I know you. No, you just hate it because it's a ride just full of nothing but children. <laughs> or, <laughs> or, think about the the individual. Do you pick something that has a personal connection, would be memorable and special See, for her? That's what I was thinking. Is going to the classics first because I don't think you want to do something like fight a passage right out of the gate. I think that that would be setting the bar so high that everything else. She may not get it from there. And if you start with the classics and show what how Disney started, how it began. So Pirates Haunted Mansion. Um, yeah, okay, even Small World. So you can kind of get a feel for where this whole theme park thing began from the beginning. And then move into other attractions as you move forward so that you end up with something like Flight of Passage. So you can see or show off how the industry has evolved and changed over time. Yeah, and I'm, again, curious to hear from listeners, what would you suggest or what have you done in the past for your friend, your spouse's, your children's first attraction? My For my kids, we took them both on Pirates. That was their very first attraction. And my son fell asleep. <laughs> what, he was like two or something? Yeah, well, time, right? listen, it was better than him, you know. But what the alternative could be, if, you know, for some kids that don't want to be there. All right, so Megan has a question that says, Hi, Lou and Becky. First off, love put, yes, I, I love the podcast. Helps to bring a little bit of Disney magic to my Chicago work commute. My boyfriend and I are staying at the Art of Animation uh, this January. We're going to make reservations for the Hoopty Doo musical review, which I you've never done that, have you? I've done it once. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that's not your twice. speed. Anyway, my question is, what would be? You must have complained the entire time. What would be the quickest? <laughs> And most relaxing like, way to get there from bang. Art of Animation. <laughs> oh, just throw that chicken down on my table. I was and sitting on the end of the table and bam, Load me up a cornbread, sister. All right. Um, how reliable are those cute new little Minnie Mouse taxis I've been seeing on social media? Thank you so much, Megan. Megan, you answered your own question. Yeah. Um, my answer would have been different maybe six months ago. But today, the minivans is going to be the best $20 you spend uh, again, they will take you from point to point anywhere within Walt Disney World property. But the reason why it's the bonus here is that if you're going to Hoopty Doo, it will take you directly to Pioneer Hall. Yeah. You skip the buses. You do not pass go. You do not collect $200. Um, but that is the way to do it. And, that, and that's an advantage of minivans for a lot of places. Like Me- uh, for if you're going to Magic Kingdom, 
they drop you right off in the the bus loop, right, right off the front of the bus loop. Yeah, I, I will say I have become a super fan of the minivans overnight. And on my last trip here, I did not have a car where I normally do have, so I can get around to meetings as quickly as I can. But then I discovered the love of the minivan. And sure, they do have Uber here too, which is can be a little ex- less expensive. But the minivans get you into those special locations, so you do get right at the front of the gates at Magic Kingdom, and you do get right there at P- Pioneer Hall. This screams and Becky Mankin. I love Like, this. it literally <laughs> is chauffeur on demand, drop me off at my destination with no one else in my car. This is this was made exactly for you. I have a feeling you're going to go that direction. And yes, you're right. <laughs> it really is. And it seats up to six. They have two child car seats that are always available, and they're free of charge that they'll use them. Um, I'm looking at your notes. It says, I love the fact that these people are at my beck and call. All- that- it says, no, it does not quite say that. It says, I really love oh, sorry, minivans. It says disposal. Right, oh, <laughs> wow. Um, what's, what I really enjoy is that all of the drivers are cast members. And most of them have worked in other roles. And I've, I've had a security guard that was a, a, a driver. Um, somebody who worked in the Magic Kingdom before that was a driver. We've had several of those. Um, uh-oh. Wait a minute. It's <laughs> such a fortuitous day. We're uh, out here in Disney Springs. We're recording a show, and my best friend in the whole world, <laughs> Chef Brandon from the Boathouse, shows up. How you doing, brother? Good, buddy. How are you? Uh, I'm much better now that He's you're here. why you're here. Yeah, well, I, I heard your voice from down the ramp, so. <laughs> yeah, so, man. Everything's good? Everything's great. gorgeous day today. It is a beautiful day to be sitting yeah, outside say, at the... What better place to be than down here? Well, we there was one better place you can be. Right, outside of the, outside outside of the boathouse. Outside of the boathouse right. and the dock bar. Which maybe is where we're going to go after we're done here. Fantastic. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. You Guys know, enjoy. you too, man. You know, listen, it's, you know, it's a, it's a week, so I'll see you this week at yeah, some point. I know, right? Awesome, man. He'll be I'll see you, brother. You got it, buddy. That's how it works. <laughs> I anyway, was going to hug him, didn't want to make I it weird know. in front of you. It's so funny. He, you spotted him from at least 100 yards away. It's like, oh my gosh, the boathouse logo is coming my direction. It was like, when I see him, it's like my vision of what a high school dance, like our, we, our <laughs> eyes meet across a crowded room and we just lock eyes and he came over. <laughs> Uh, all right, bromance. Anyway, moving on. Yes to the minivan. Um, a lot of people are saying that that twenty dollars is again it is a little bit more expensive than than the standard Uber, but it does give you so much more uh, in in terms of where you can go and where they can drop you off. And they will also stop. Like if you're going from Magic Kingdom back to your resort, they'll stop at a at the little grocery stop so that you can grab something on your way back to the hotel if necessary. And they so. have like charging ports and charging cables yeah. in there too. So yeah, they've, they've got um, charging cables, and again, it seats up to six, and it's just a very convenient way, and they're fast. Um, at first, it was a beta test, so they were kind of limited, and they are still typically, technically in beta, but they have expanded the fleet, from what I understand. Uh, the longest I've had to wait since I've been using them, and I've used them the past week when I've been here, the longest I waited was three minutes. So it, it really um, has been something that I've really enjoyed, and I would recommend it to anybody. And I've seen, uh, especially recent in the recent months, uh, another version of the minivans. There's a larger right. version of it that's also wheelchair accessible. Yep. So if you do have wheelchairs or strollers or scooters, um, there are ones that I guess if you when you're when you're booking it, maybe there's an option to pick it out. But that is the absolutely the best way to get to Pioneer Hall. Yeah, and the only confusion tends to be that people don't realize how to get it for the very first time, and you have to go into your right now it's a beach club, yacht club, and boardwalk. Uh, if you go into the resort, and actually some of the other deluxe resorts have it now too. 
and you'll know it at the bell stand. They'll have a picture of the little minivan on a, on a plaque. If you go up to them and ask them um, how to attach it to the lift, you get the lift app. They will give you a code that will then be in your lift app going forward. So you'll be able to order them from pretty much anywhere once you've got the code and it's set up the first time. Sweet. All right, next question says, Dear Lou and Becky, in parentheses, (laughs) I do not. My wife and I found your podcast around episode 420. Since then, we've listened weekly to every new episode and started listening back from the beginning. We've now listened to episode one, yikes, through episode 190. It's a lot of loot, man. We have traveled to Walt Disney World many times and just love the magic they spread through their customer service. As we've expanded our travel interest, we're now investigating an Adventures by Disney trip. Timing is everything. In all the episodes we've listened to, we haven't heard you discuss ABD. You're going to catch up to it. He hasn't obviously caught up to it. Have you or Becky traveled with ABD? And as she just said, you're speaking my language, brother. If so, we'd love to hear a podcast episode or several episodes detailing your trips. So here's a few questions that we have. Uh, Well, first of all, if you go back, we actually have done... uh, We've done Backstage Magic out in California, which Mm -hmm. we're going to do again this upcoming October. We also did Adventures by Disney to China and to Japan, which are shows in the high 490s. Uh, But here's a couple of his questions. He says, when will Disney release the 2019 ABD's itineraries? Why don't we answer that one first? Because yeah, typically, and again, Disney's always kind of up in the air with their dates when they release. But last year, they announced around the end of May, so I think we're going to see the 2019 release about that time. Um, it, they have a tendency to move it forward and move it back at times, but um, probably May of, of, ni- of 18 is when we'll see it. <clears throat> Question two: Will WW Radio ever plan a group Adventures by Disney trip? I'm going to append that to say another group Adventures by Disney trip. Um, Becky, turn your ears away. Yes, we're going to go to Italy and the UK <laughs> and Paris and Japan. So stay tuned. He says, just think of all the new restaurants you could discover. Thank you. Love the show, Chris Clems Rudd. Uh, Chris, definitely stay tuned. Becky and I were meeting and eating over specifically about our upcoming adventures by Disney trips. Yes, and I'm a veteran of 11 of them now. So I've been to, I've done the UK, I've done Italy, I've done Scotland, Ireland. It is one of the most magical ways to travel, especially to European or um, foreign destinations. That China trip was amazing. We had people who knew everything about from the language to the best bathrooms to go to. And it would not have been the same experience had it not been an adventure, without a doubt. Absolutely not. So um, we're always available to answer any questions about ABDs. We we speak ABD fluently. So (laughs) we do have uh, some in the works we've been talking about, like he just whispered. And, of course, yes, we are working on those. But we're also working on some other ideas, too. So um, please let us know if we can help. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> Next question is, hey, Lou, love the podcast and everything WW Radio. My name is Amy, and my fiancé and I are huge Disney fans. We've been trying to go every year, and we were there for the Princess Half Marathon, congratulations, and are trying to come back for Not So Scary either this year or next. I have a food-related question. You've yeah, obviously come to the right place. <laughs> so there's no one better to ask. We are both pescatarians, so we eat fish but no other meat. What are your favorite seafood? I wish Brandon was still here. What are your favorite seafood or otherwise vegetarian dishes in restaurants? We love the scallop and shrimp pasta from Be Our Guests. And I've also been to Coral Reef. Also, I'm from Hawaii. Awesome, originally. So I love everything over at the Pali. 
Are we missing out on anything? I'm laughing because you are. She says, I'm sure we are. Thank you and so much. Looking forward to hearing from you so we can try some new dishes next time we are there. So I'm going to tell you, Amy, I could do an entire show about best seafood in Walt Disney World, but I'm going to give you my top three. I will give you my top three in order. Um, I have researched, in anticipation for this question, which I received 10 years ago, I have been researching this on a weekly basis. And I will tell you that, without question, the top three restaurants for seafood in Walt Disney World is the Boathouse here in Disney Springs. It is. Listen, I speak the truth, sister. They get Chef Bomb sources fresh fish and fresh oysters Every single morning, the, the menu changes. Oh my God, the specials menu is so good. Every single day, and there's nothing, and it, it's everything. It's a completely scratch made kitchen. Kitchen. It's my favorite restaurant, not just in the Disney World, but possibly the world. Behind that, I would put Blue Zoo, Todd English's Blue Zoo, over at the Dolphin, which still remains like a way off the radar restaurant because I think the the Dolphin is an off the re- the radar resort unless you're staying there or going to a convention. I think Blue Zoo has exceptional um, seafood um, as well as other. And again, that's a restaurant I don't need a menu for. You go in, you get the um, the tuna with the nitrogen uh, sriracha aioli on top, and then you get either the miso glazed miro, or if you want your mind to be poof, completely blown away, the Cantonese lobster will change your life. If not, call me over. I'll be there in 10 minutes to finish it for you. And third... And I, admittedly, I have not been here since the refurb, so I was so impressed with the meal I had here nearly a decade ago. I'll put the flying fish on Disney's boardwalk at number three. Boom, mm-hmm. I just dropped the magical mic. Okay, because I was going to ask you about what you thought about flying fish, because it has just been recently updated in the menu, and I haven't been there since. So, but you I sense an upcoming dining review. But yeah, okay. I think so. What, what about paddlefish, which is a recently renovated... Reopened, reimagined location as well. I was there. We were there for the media event, which you can't really judge a restaurant brand new. So I do a show about Disney World, and I did a live dining review of Paddlefish a couple of months ago. You may, I know that's why you don't listen. Um, It's oh, so I really enjoyed Paddlefish. For me, I think the the play at Paddlefish is this: you go there if you could time it around sunset on a day like today. You sit up top on that rooftop deck, looking out over the water. And you just go stupid on the appetizer menu. Like, you order 11 different appetizers. During that media event, I may or may not have had 15 lobster corn dogs. I think it was 17. It could have been. I was trying. But the, uh, I, I love the stuff. And the, they do table-side lobster guacamole. Ooh, like, massive. Really? We, can go, we should go there, like, right now. Um, massive chunks of lobster in it. So I really like, as much as I enjoyed the, the full menu, I think that, for me, is, is the way I would hit it. Appetizer it up, share them among everybody, and hope that the other people you're dining with don't like seafood. Yeah, you realize with all this boathouse mentioning, though, number one, and, and I agree with you there because obviously I've been there a few times. I've been there several times with you because it's now contractually obligated for me to go there when we have to meet. I, I really need to twist your arm, obviously. Yeah, that yeah, uh, the seared tuna that I had last time, amazing. And you missed out on the on the tower. You yeah, said I missed out yeah. I was a little late. I had to take a minivan, believe it or not, to get where I was going. Um, but uh, the other thing, too, is a lot of people go, well, I don't want to go there because all they have is seafood. Because some people aren't that much of a fan as you are, obviously. And they do have a lot of other great options. And they do have steak options. And they have great salads. And they have a, a really good lunch menu, too, that I enjoy. So there's a lot there, uh, a little something for everybody. 
it's a, and I say this because it's important, it's a Gibson Steakhouse, and they are the only provider in the United States that has their own USDA certification. So you want to get, like, I would put their steak up against Shula's, which I think is the best steak on property, and it's certainly places like Yachtman. Interesting. There you go. And I'm hungry again. Uh, Courtney, my friend from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, says, Lou, my husband and I will be visiting Walt Disney World this year to celebrate our 10th wedding anniversary. Hey, happy 10th anniversary of WWE as well, she says. We are staying at the Polynesian Village Resort for the first time, and my husband's one request is that we do the Spirit of Aloha dinner show. Insert Hawaiian music here. It'll just be the two of us, so here's my question. Should we go ahead and splurge for the Category 1 seating, or is there a better category for tables of two? I've tried looking at photos of the table arrangements online, haven't had much luck, so my concern is that our table will be in a bad viewing area, since we're and since we're in a smaller group, my hu- I won't be able to see much other than the back of my neighbor's head. My husband is tall, I am not. Also, the tables really are assigned based on when you made your reserve. Are oh sorry, are the tables assigned based on when you made your reservation? Big fan of the show. Thanks for all that you do, your friend Courtney. So, Spirit of Aloha is something I need to read. I need to do that again and review it on the show because I think it's one of those things that is. While it's quintessential Disney, it's not something that everybody has done. But I think it's a it's a must do at least once, and I haven't honestly done it in years. And a few years ago, um, they arrange it so that you you purchase your tickets via category. There's category one, two, and three, and there's a main floor and then sort of an upper uh, floor in the back. The main floor, the center section, is category one. There are two sections off to the side, which is category two. Two more in the sections, category three, and then there's category threes. Look, I think that the uh, the difference in price is not that it's negligible, but it's not so much. Look, it's your 10th anniversary. Right. It only comes once. I would do it. I would also, when you make your your reservations, I would let them know that you're celebrating a special occasion. It is your 10th anniversary, and this is the one and only thing your poor, tall, incredibly hungry husband has been <laughs> waiting to do. So I would do it. All the main floor... Uh, category one seats um, are you're, you're very very close to the stage, so you really do get um, a good viewing area. So I wouldn't be overly concerned, but definitely, like anything, let them know when you're celebrating a special occasion. Well, here's another another thing we have to go research again because I haven't been there in years. I think I probably eight years ago since I've done the Lou House. So were you dragged there kicking and screaming? No, <laughs> um, actually I wasn't. It was Hoopty Doo that scared me. <laughs> but I, I'm with you. It's your anniversary. It's something special. Don't even worry about it. Get the Category 1 and enjoy it. Celebrate. And I totally agree with you. Make sure that you let them know that it's a celebration beforehand. And it is my understanding that when they do book these, they do assign tables as they go um, or the locations as they go. So hopefully I'm still working on correct information, but that was my understanding. Yeah, Earlier is always going to be better. Um, all right, so Colby Stapp says, Hey, Lou, an esteemed colleague. I uh, know Tim. Yeah, Tim usually is the one that does tap tens, but we'll, okay. What? I'm taking, it says Lou, an esteemed colleague. I don't know who he thinks he's doing the show with. Um, I'm taking my wife and three kids and my mother to the world on my youngest birthday, which is May 5th. We are planning to visit Magic Kingdom on the 5th, so obviously want to ask if there's anything festive to do in Magic Kingdom for Cinco de Mayo. And we're wondering if there's any Revenge of the Fifth fun in Magic Kingdom that day as well. Our second and much more important question is, can we apply Disney gift card balances to each of the kids' magic bands so that they each have a personal spending limit directly tied to their own band? Love listening to the show. I've been going through every episode the last few months during my 
workout. I'm, what's a workout? I'm not familiar with that term. <laughs> anyway, you move that, the fork to your mouth. Okay, then I'm then I got that. Thank you for all you do, Colby Stapp. Um, so all, let's hit tackle the first part. You can then talk about the Magic Bands, Cinco de Mayo. Um, in terms of celebrations in the parks. I don't think you're going to find anything specifically in Magic Kingdom. However, I would wonder if anything new might be coming to Mexico, especially after Coco, what they did during the holidays uh, with some of the different music, some of the, the, the um, entertainment. If you're, if you're looking to, to find some other things for specifically, are you trying to celebrate Cinco de Mayo? I would also go and look over at uh, Coronado Springs. Uh, I believe, and I obviously not for the kids, but I believe Rick's Lounge did something for Cinco de Mayo last year. And I think they also did something out by the pools, by the dig site pool. They had like a Cinco de Mayo party there. Uh, if you are over 21 and uh, are going to be there for Cinco de Mayo, I will give you your top five places to get margaritas. <laughs> La Cava de Tequila in uh, Epcot. That is number one the place to go. The, margarita, the new margarita kiosk just outside on the promenade at Epcot. Uh, the Warung Outpost at Disney's Animal Kingdom, Boardwalk Joe's Marvelous Margaritas on the Boardwalk, and the Siestas Cantina at Coronado Springs Resort. Now, can they, and this is a great question, can you load, oh, you're still on the margarita part. No, no. Well, I, Yeah, and I'm distracted by margaritas. No, I was going to say, well, what about Revenge of the Fifth fun? So, uh, I, and again, nothing in Magic Kingdom. Um, I don't believe they did anything this past year, specifically in terms of an event. Um, there may be something somewhat celebratory during the, the march of the First Order, but I, I don't know specifically. We'll, we won't know really until they get closer or even on that day. But again, I don't believe any of that will take place in Magic Kingdom, possibly yeah. over at the studio. And I agree with you that Cinco de Mayo might be a little different this year with the, the success of Coco because everybody except me has seen it, apparently, and it has been a, an amazing success. So it'd be interesting to see what they're going to do this year. I'm shaking my head in disbelief, but I, it won't well, disbelief. It doesn't surprise no me. Ugly uh, uh, I, I just um, can't do it. So, can you load up your child's magic band with what's almost like a like a debit card, like with a certain amount, so that they can't go cuckoo for cocoa puffs and just? Yeah, I kind of got some bad news on that one. The magic bands uh, that are linked to the reservation are actually linked to that one credit card on file. So, the My Disney Experience um, is all connected to that one there's no way that you can put separate uh, gift cards at this time or limit you cannot limit correct not limit um however you can turn it off or turn it on and for some people aren't aware that they automatically turn it turn the charging ability on for any child 10 and over so some people aren't aware that their 10 11 and 12 year old can just go hog wild on the magic so long as they know the pin uh, correct, as long as they know the PIN. Um, but if you want it completely turned off, you actually have to request when you check in that... that uh, so it's not something you can toggle via the app or anything like that. You have to actually go to front desk and change it. I have not looked at the app for that specifically, but I was told at this point that um, they did not have the ability to limit it uh, and you would have to speak with them about turning the, or turning the ability on and off. Or off. Yeah, that's a scary thing. Yeah, I'm going to see that now. <laughs> Hide the pin is really what the uh, most important thing is. Just keep kids, just keep trying the parents' birthdays. You'll get yeah. <laughs> uh, Freddie from Queens, New York says, Hey, Lou, I had a quick question. My wife and I have been listening to your show for a few years now, and you talked about these infamous cheeseburger egg rolls from the egg roll wagon in the Magic Kingdom. You can hear the tone in my voice. 
But every time we've gone, it seems to be closed. I checked online, it's been open seasonally. We're just wondering, what's the season for these? Or, when's the best time in the day to be able to buy one, two, or ten? Thank you so much for what you do. Freddie, I need to introduce you. We talked about this last week on our 2017 recap. Um, This is known as the snack of the week curse. It seems that whenever I do a video, a snack of the week video, video about a food item... It's the kiss of death. So, unfortunately, um, your opportunity for the oh-so-very-delicious cheeseburger spring roll has come and gone. If you want a buffalo chicken slider in Disney's Animal Kingdom, hasta la vista, baby. The Cheshire Cap Cupcake, may you rest in peace. And the Mickey-shaped cheesecake, I have killed yet another one. So I'm going to... Let's let's not... We need to give proper homage to the... Um, Pot roast mac and cheese. I know. I was. It's too soon. It's only been about a year and a half. So I believe it's gone. But the hope is that something better will come in its stead. This totally explains why you haven't done any videos in Boathouse. Oh no, not at all. I'm not even bringing. I don't bring my phone over there just for fear that I accidentally take a video. All right. Sarah has a question. She says about living in Florida. She says, "Hey Lou, I'm currently a graduate student in school to be a physician's assistant. Congratulations. With a little over a year until graduation." My boyfriend and I are both Disney fanatics, and when we finish school, we're considering relocating. We're talking about a lot of locations, but it suddenly became very obvious to us that Florida, specifically close to Disney, was plan A. Now, as I think about it, I'm afraid that living too close to Disney and being able to go so often will ruin the magic that will we'll sort of come to take it for granted. You're a local. Do you still get those butterflies inside every time you see the castle? Is it worth it to live close by? just to have the chance to try all the food. Thanks a bunch, Sarah. So, Sarah, I I mentioned on the recap show last week, and I've been thinking about it since, that you're right. I think it's time they do a full show about moving to Disney World uh, because I am not the only person that has done it. Many, many people have, including some people who were on the show last week. I will um, suffice it to say it is the best thing, it is the best decision I ever made, followed really close behind by leaving the practice of law. Uh, but getting out of Jersey and, and moving specifically to here was the thing. For me, the magic has never been ruined. Granted, I'm not here every day. Um, that is a deliberate choice not to be. I know some people that are, and especially you're in the honeymoon phase when you first get here, because it's five minutes away, it, it, you, you do tend to go a lot. But there still is, especially in Magic Kingdom, there still is something special for me. When I walk in, the reveal of the castle, the sound of the music, the citizens of Main Street, seeing the kids, like, and not just my kids, I mean, like, other people's kids, um, there is still something special about it. I live here, I've lived here coming up on almost 10 years. Um, There's still new things to discover, both culinary and otherwise. So in terms of it ruining the magic for me, it hasn't. I don't think it ever will. Um, I, I, and, and from people that I know who have done the same thing, I, I believe, and I won't speak for them, but I know that they feel um, the same. So there's nothing about moving here that has spoiled it for me. Um, again, because even though this is what I do, it's not a place that I come every day, so it doesn't become pedestrian or boring for me. You know what? You're looking at the person that has to commute 2,500 miles every time I have to come to work here. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we've witnessed so many people that have decided to to change their um, change where they live and come down, start new careers to be around here. And, you know, 
everyone I've talked to so far, it hasn't ruined the magic for them. They they find that after a little while, they don't um, they don't go to the parks as much as you may think that they do. But you're always really close to the magic. You can easily, and I've always kind of been jealous about this. You can always um, easily go and see the brand new um, shining object that's in soft openings, and when it when they're there, um, I would be very interested, of course, to hear what show you come up with if you start talking about moving to Florida. Obviously, my husband and I have thought about it a few times. I'm still doing the 2,500-mile commute. And listen, I don't know where you are from, Sarah, but remember this, too. You never have to shovel sunshine. So it is a... I will tell you this. But you do have to even, your hair a little Even more. taking Disney out of the equation for so many reasons that we will sort of enumerate maybe in that show, it was still the best thing I ever did in terms of the pace the lifestyle, the speed, the people. Um, there is something. Um, there is something special, not just about this Disney World, but the things that sort of surround it on the perimeter. So, um, if you have any questions, you know, beforehand about specifically moving here, I'm happy to help you or anybody else out about making the move. Hey, look, that's, there's a whole new business model for you, right there. I said this before. I, a couple of years ago, I looked into getting my real estate license because I have taken so many people around showing them neighborhoods. I'm like, well, I might as well make a couple, you know, a little vague on it on the side, too. Um, T. Hamilton says, hey, Lou and Becky, after listening today, I think this might be a question for her as well. This summer, I'm planning on a re-birthday celebration week. I've never heard that. A re-birthday celebration weekend. I'm going to be celebrating my birthday as I didn't get to earlier this year as I was having cancer surgery and have been in chemo since. My doctor tells me I'm going to be totally, I'm totally going to beat this, so I am ready to start planning, and man, I need the magic back in my world. I'm going to be having a group of people between 15 or 20 coming from around the States and Canada. I figured it was best to have them fly right into Orlando and take Magical Express to a Disney Resort hotel of their choice. I'm going to personally stay at one of the monorail resorts, as I never have, and I figure after battling cancer, I'm going to start doing what I want and stop putting it off. You go, brother. So here are two questions I have for your your brilliant Disney brain. All right, I'll take it. Do you guys know if there are any group discounts for 10 or more families staying together at one hotel? I was just going to list my favorites and let them pick, but if there's a benefit of having everyone shooting for the same hotel, it might be a good option. Would love to know your ideas here. Half could afford an expensive hotel, and the others will be saving for this trip. Let's hit them one at a time. Okay. Becky Mankin, this is right in your wheelhouse. Pretty much. Um, that is known as a group when you have 10 or more rooms, but you have to guarantee 10 or more rooms. If you, they're, they're contracted, so it's not just being able to book something and then cancel five days before you go. If you put a, a group together and you do a group contract, you are saying you are guaranteeing those 10 rooms. And there are financial uh, penalties if you don't meet that 10 room minimum. It's a great opportunity if you do have 10 or more rooms uh, to get a group discount on both rooms and tickets for those who may need them. It does require, again, a contract. And honestly, and I don't mean to be the self-plugging here, but it's best to work with a vacation planner who knows the pros and cons of groups to help you determine if this really is the best option. And some trade secrets from those of us who've done it uh, for many, many years. There are ways of getting those group discounts and still allowing people to stay at different resorts. So work with a vacation planner that specializes in groups so that you know where your um, where the pros and cons are and where you might save some money and, of course, where the pitfalls are of a group, too, so that you know what you're getting into. But it definitely is possible. However, if you want the flexibility, stick with the individual reservations. 
I was going to shamelessly plug you, but thank you for shamelessly plugging yourself. Because I think I think for something like that, I think working with a, a, a vacation planner who will do it for you at no charge, yes. like MBI and Mousefan Travel, for all your vacation planning needs, you can visit them over at mousefantravel.com, is, is the way to do it. And because you've done it before, because you've navigated those waters before, it'll save them potentially a lot of headaches down the road. Or surprises, because those group contracts can really have some little um, pitfalls in them, and you don't want to fall in them. We Lawyers. We the detail. Uh, so T also says, I want to get everyone together for one night for drinks. Becky Mankin's ears just perked up like a Doberman and light food. So I was thinking a lounge atmosphere would be best. Not everyone knows one another. I didn't want to stress trying to organize a big dinner. Light food and drinks would be fun and social. Is there a great lounge, even a secret one, wink, 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 at one of the monorail resorts or other resorts that might accommodate a group like this that isn't too crowded summertime? You had me up until summertime crowds. I know this might be a big ask, he says. I love outdoors at Trader Sam's, but I know it can really fill up. You guys mentioned Meisner's, which I thought would be nice, but does it fill up? And any advice would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, Lou, for your podcast and walking tours. As Lee have kept my spirits high when I haven't been able to visit my second home, Magic Kingdom, for the last eight months. Totally torture for the annual pass holder, he says. Love the positivity. You're a good man, sir. Thank you. T, listen, man, first of all, congratulations to you, brother, on beating that cancer and Focusing, keeping your eyes on the prize of coming with the people that you love to a place that means so much to you. I am going to give you a quick, non-Tim, top, non-Tim included, top, because he never goes to any of these places. I'm going to give you, I won't, I'll give you, I won't even give you top 10. I'll give you top five to seven lounges in Walt Disney World, not in a park that you can go with a relatively large group in the summer and rock the party that rocks your body. I'm actually I'm going to I'm going to append my statement. Um, one of them I'm going to put inside of a park. Okay. All right. Nomad Lounge at Disney's Animal Kingdom steps away from that 4.2 billion light year journey to Pandora is lovely inside. Great drinks, great food. Uh, non-park uh, outside at Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar is really really sitting out here. I mean, you look by the water; it's beautiful. Uh, the Dawa Bar at Disney's Animal Kingdom. You can also get a group out there. You don't have to make reservations. Um, I, I was going to say it first, but I won't. The, the dock at the boathouse. <laughs> come on, I mean, come on. But listen. That's where we're going next. Right. So go ahead. Yeah. But what's nice Talk about it is that you can go outside. They have big, comfy, cushy seats right by the dockside bar. And you get access to the full menu. It's yeah. not open yet, but I've had a sneak peek inside. Enzo's Hideaway steps away from where we are by Maria and Enzo's. That um, uh, uh, Prohibition era sort of tunnel underneath the bridge by Maria and Enzo's. I think it's going to be a cool, fun, hot spot. Territory Lounge at Disney's Wilderness Lodge remains one of my favorites. And oh, they have these delicious pretzel bites and cheese fondue. <laughs> and River Roost Lounge over at um, Port Orleans Riverside. The food is great there. The bartenders are, are wonderful. Yeehaw Bob is, and it's free to sit there and be entertained by Yeehaw Bob. Um, those are my top one, two, three, four, five, seven. Okay, I'm going to throw the monkey wrench in the system because you're talking summertime, right? So, do we know where you're Just from? so you know, some people actually do go outside in the summer here it's at Disney it's World. It's not that. It's the, I was going to say, does he know where he's from? If he's from anywhere like where I'm from, you wouldn't. You know, the summertime can be a little difficult, especially if you have 20 or 25 people with you. 
that's a lot of a lot of space that you're going to need to entertain. So um, those are all great options. And you came up with a couple that I was thinking, oh, yeah, you're right. That's actually a really good one. Like, yeah, the dock down there, it's got a lot of space. Um, but the other thing, too, and I'm just going to throw this out there. It's not always the most economical way. But when you do have an official group, you can also do a f- official event locations, too, that you can hold off to your um, just for your group. So there's... Um, when you do group contracts, there's ways that, that you can uh, work with us or work with uh, with the planners that are helping you with the group to find space that will be for your group on specific days so it's held to the side for you. Um, obviously, there's other costs that come with it, but if you want something guaranteed that everybody can go into and enjoy themselves without the stress of wondering if you're going to have 20 or 25 chairs, um, that's an option too. And just to be clear, not just for uh, not just for tea, but for other people who might hear groups and say, "Oh, I have ten people coming. I have fifteen people. I want to get a group together." There are going to be food and beverage minimums for for pretty much ninety nine point nine 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 percent of those group event locations that you will be responsible for. Yeah, I would say actually about 90% because with groups and with with, uh, small family groups, there are ways that we can actually make some reservations in usual locations that won't require an F&B. It is a little bit more rare, obviously, about, like you said, about 92% you're going to have to do something like that. There's also an 8% little pocket over in the side um, that we've utilized before that don't have minimums, but um, will allow us to make group reservations. So, Allie Miller, my friend Allie Miller from Texas says, Hey, Lou, I was wondering, since it's been announced that Ratatouille and the Tron Light Cycle Coaster are coming to Walt Disney World from overseas, if you think that some of the U.S. classic attractions are going to get revamped to new technology closer to what's being built now in the new parks, will Pirates become more like Shanghai or Haunted Mansion, more like Mystic Manor? Thank you for your opinions, Allie Miller. So, Allie... I got some good news, and I've got some not-so-good news. And I think the not-so-good news is actually still good news. There's so much infrastructure that that goes into the attractions that it's... While things like Haunted Mansion, some of the, the individual technologies and projections and audio systems are able to get upgraded, in order for it to become more like some of the new attractions, they would basically have to, to gut the building and start almost from ground zero. And if you, if and when you see Pirates in Shanghai and Mystic Manor, you'll understand that the, the, the ride system, the track system, everything else is so markedly different that it's not something that you can easily plug and play. It's not like swapping out, you know, the car radio for a Pioneer 6 just changer. You can see how old I am, um, you know, in your 1987 Mazda Miata. Um, so, but I think the, the beauty of that is, you know, Haunted Mansion here is still one of my favorites because it, it is that classic. It is the embodiment of, you know, that, that early 70s, late 50s, or sorry, early 60s attraction that came to Disneyland and Walt Disney World. You know, Pirates is what it is. It has its own unique place. Is the one in Shanghai far and away the best <laughs> one, not just best Pirates, one of the best yeah. attractions in the world? Without a doubt. But... It also gives you a reason to try and, you know, hope one day that maybe you can get out there and see it for yourself. Oh, boy. Shanghai did kind of ruin Pirates a little bit for me, for others. But one thing to point out, too, though, 
is that uh, things like Haunted Mansion, they have added things or, or changed the, the story a little bit or added to the story, like uh, bringing in the Hatbox Ghost out in Disneyland or bringing in Captain Jack Sparrow for Pirates. So some of those other technologies have come into play. Some of the other storylines have come into play. So I think that they do their best to keep within the story, but to update it where they have that ability. But I'm with you. Uh, Pirates at Shanghai, that um, that show building was enormous. It would take a huge footprint, and there's no way it would fit in the current footprint whatsoever. Um, and I do kind of like the fact that there are these little nuggets, uh, that, like the Shanghai Pirates or like Mystic Manor, that you have to seek out. You have to go outside and, and go to a different location to experience them. So in a way, I kind of hope it stays that way. I do too, uh, and that's one of the things, you know, look, it's the... And I understand not everybody's going to be able to get to Shanghai. Not everybody's going to be able to get to Hong Kong to see Mystic Manor or Hoi, Tokyo Disney Sea to see all the beauty and the glory that is um, that park. And I think what you'll see is the new technologies that they are utilizing. And I think, like some of the things, I think experimenting uh, in some of the overseas parks will be brought here domestically, not in the current attractions, but in some of the new things. Um, we've said this before. If what we've seen in technologies like Mystic Manor, a lot of what we saw inside of Shanghai, specifically Pirates, <clears throat> and also in Disney Sea, is brought to places like Galaxy's Edge, yeah. like you're going to want to wear a hat because your mind's going to be blown <laughs> at what you see. Um, we have we've been able to get a first-hand experience of, <clears throat> excuse me, what Disney, what Imagineering is able to do with not just the time, but the technology and the funds to sort of make their visions come to reality. A wise man once said something about dreaming and doing it. It, you know, the future is now. And uh, it's, are the, some of the attractions are on a completely different level. Yeah, and if you look back to, it's not always about the technology either, even though it slightly was, but one of the things that blew our minds most was that Marvel walkthrough, if you remember. And that was a temporary tent that was set up with some, uh, of course, some technology pieces that were embedded in it to surprise you, but that was still one of the most memorable attractions that we did. And I put my, Mark, my wife said it before, I believe that is a test bed for not just, you know, flow through and experiences and guest reactions. I think we are going to see something like that in the domestic parks, Disneyland, um, <laughs> sooner rather than later. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. That will be a happy day when we yeah. hear that. The, 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 the <laughs> Marvel's time <laughs> is, is coming soon. Marvel's time in the parks is coming soon. I know nothing. <laughs> Becky Mankin, I'm going to yes. throw you a curveball. Oh, I hate that when you I do know that. you do. Um, because, shocker, the we are we are running long. Right. The answer's out for you is always <laughs> Thor. Um, I'm going to mix things up, and I'm going to go out of order with one final question. She's having a, a <laughs> conniption. Uh, but I think this is a really good question to finish off this round of emails with. Okay. Because I want to hear... Your opinion on it? It's one that I have an answer, but specifically, I want you, the listener, to think about this, and I want you to tell me. I want you to answer by going. I think one of the best places maybe to have this conversation. I'll post the question there. Is go to the WW Radio group on Facebook. It's the Box People group because you sort of live in this box that I carry around and talk to and speak into. So you've become the Box People of the past ten years. This is a question, and I don't recall who had asked me. But 
What movie do you think... Movies. <laughs> movies. <laughs> what movie do you think Walt Disney would like most? Do you need a moment to think about yes. this? All right. I, I will I'll, I will help you out with this, and I will stall for time as you start to Google Disney movies. Wow. Um, so, you know, I think some of some of the so I'll sort of take you through my thought process processes okay. and and show you how I get to where I think I'm going with this because <clears throat> during his lifetime, some of the the movies that were his personal favorites that he produced was B- Dumbo in 1941. Uh, Bambi in 1942. Um, he loved Fantasia. Obviously, it was very much a personal project. And certainly, the 1964 Mary Poppins. Uh, Walt, you and I see eye to eye on many things, including our love for... Uh, all Things Poppins, yeah. All Things Poppins. So, <laughs> in terms of, of taking you through what I, what I... Obviously, not knowing Walt. What I think Walt would like. This is what I would think and why. I think... Um, after his death, I think, well, I think you have to mention Jungle Book because he still had a hand in, in working on that. And I think he would love the characters and the music. Um, I think he would have loved Pete's Dragon. Um, it was a November 77. I think he would have loved the, the heartwarming story, the characters, the music, the redemption, all the things that sort of go into, I think, uh, what is consistent in a lot of the films that Walt not just produced, but I think that he personally loved. Uh, Hot Lead and Cold Feet from 1978. No, I'm kidding. I mean, I loved it as a kid, but probably not. Um, I think Walt would have loved, 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 loved 1982's Tron. Why? Why? Because it was, you want to talk about, it was the first movie ever to sort of use computer animation that way. And compu- like the, about the, the groundbreaking technology, again, the, the, the stories and the characters, I think, he would have enjoyed as well. But Tron, at its time, was, and I think it has very much an important place in, in cinema history. And I think that's what Disney consistently did with Snow White, with Mary Poppins, with going back to the Alice comedies. Um, I think it's easy to say things like Lion King, Toy Story, Little Mermaid. I, I remove them from consideration. Um, like Tron, I think 1995's Toy Story groundbreaking in terms of computer item and that's what Walt did he did not just push the envelope he made the envelope he did not like the the restrictions of two-dimensional film so he invented the multiplane camera we're going to make it a little more uh depth um I'm going to throw out a couple of other ones that are probably off your radar I think Walt would have loved the Santa Claus don't laugh at me um Walt loved Walt loved Christmas Mm -hmm. I think it is a heartwarming story. There's the, you know, there's the divorced parents. There's that single parent again that we see consistently, especially through a lot of the early, um, it's sort of a requisite element of, of Disney films. Uh, I think he would have loved it. I think he would have liked that sort of Disney's flag, uh, planted flag in the holiday films that is now sort of a staple, um, especially for a new generation. Um, I think he would have loved 2004's National Treasure with Nicolas Cage because everybody loves Nicolas Cage yeah. but he loved America and I think he loved uh, history and the spirit of adventure and I think that sort of very much played into that adventurous type stories that he used to love to create uh, I think he would have loved Enchanted in 2007 the introduction of a new princess oh how we love Giselle um, the evil queen Nerissa sort of 
fits in with that classic Disney fairy tale evil princess. You have the cute little chipmunk friends. You've got the town of the the, the village of Andalusia. Um, it's a fun retelling of sort of a classic fairy tale. Um, I am convinced that, like me, Walt and I could sit down over a big old thing of jambalaya and watch Princess and the Frog over and over again. Brilliant hand-drawn animation. The music, the story, the good versus evil, everything all about it. Um, I think he would have loved, loved, and I know it's not everybody's favorite. It is one of my, I think he would have loved Wally. I think he would have loved that, um, that, that the vision of the future, but this idea of recovery and hope, even when things are at their lowest point. And um, I think he would have, I think he would have wept at the end of Coco. And I won't spoil it for you because I haven't seen it. Oh, and Beverly Hills Chihuahua, clearly. <laughs> Because everybody remembers the right. ending of that. And isn't it like Beverly Hills Chihuahua 14 by yeah. now? Yeah, Air Buddies. Air yeah. Buddies, uh, Snow Buddies, Air Buddies. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think that it's... I think he would have loved, you know, films like Tron for a certain reason. I think he would have loved Santa Claus and, and the animations, all for different reasons. But I think those are ones that would hold... You know, obviously I'm speculating, but would hold a good place in Walt's heart. Well, I, I rem- The thing I think about when I think about Walt is... Only storytelling, but family. The he started the parks because of family. It was all tied to family. Sometimes, many times, losing a parent and being the single parent, uh, or or losing a mom or a dad, which to me is the that tears me up four ways from everywhere. Uh, which of course keeps me from the theaters because the ugly cry occurs, and that's not anything that anybody needs to see. So. I think that some of the places that I go to for family that, that really struck me, and one of them makes me think of Walt every time I start watching it, which is actually one of my very favorite movies, which is Meet the Robinsons. Because I think that the innovation and the child and going back in time and all of the, the elements of that are very entertaining, yet have a very clear message about them as well. And I think that that's uh, part of the storytelling that, that he enjoyed. Um, I think Moana would be something that, that he would enjoy as well, uh, or that he would mark not only the music, but the again, the story about family and how different generations play into it. Much like I'm thinking that Coco probably will, will touch people or has touched people, just not me because I haven't seen it. Um, but I want to do a quick spin on something. I know that you said, yeah, uh, Lion King is just one of those that would be a natural choice. But I think that not only from the movie perspective, but from the... Um, how they took the movie and turned it into a Broadway show. How they took that story and could retell it with puppets um, was something that, that I think that he would have enjoyed, too, to see how you can take it from that dimension into the real world and, and tell the story with those types of characters. And you know what he would have loved? Merchandising. Merchandising. You know what? Yes, he would have. The guy that Spaceballs had... the flamethrower. <laughs> The, the thing that, uh, as Disneyland started with actual retail locations on Main Street, and a lot of people don't realize that, yeah, I think he probably would have enjoyed some of the merchandising and the funding that came from merchandising to help fund his next Films like Gus, the football playing mule. Is it really? Really? I Ed Asner? I don't even know what that is. Come on. No, Don Knotts? No. Don Knotts is a comedic no, genius. 
Donuts, Don Knotts was yeah, money. I thing. love that the fish one, uh, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fish one. You know, the what? The what's his name? I don't remember off the top of my head. It was so long. Ago. I was very young. I was very young when that one came. You, uh, I won't yes. give the year, but that's okay. No, I the was... cat from outer space. What? Really? Oh, now you're looking at, at random movies <laughs> just to see. Yeah, what year did that come out? As you Google it. 1977, 78? I would not have paid attention to Cats Around a Space at that time of my life. <laughs> but there, there's a so much that I think that um, Disney as a brand has done such a great job of bringing the dreams from the very beginning forward. And here we are in going 2018, 2019, and many of those same principles, even though the technology has become better, those that same love for the for the story. If the story isn't good, nothing, the technology is not going to cover it. And I think that that is something that um, was there from the very beginning and is held forward. I think Disney as a brand has done a great job of protecting those, uh, those initial ideals. So the final answer clearly is 2004's Home on the Range with sure. Wacky, with wacky sure. Randy Quaid. We could call it in now and go to the bar. <laughs> I, listen, I, you know what? Obviously, maybe not a, a shining I moment. I actually did see that movie, by the way. So wait, so you've you seen know. that. You haven't seen Coco. I, if, if I wasn't recording, I would break out in my best Randy Quaid, you, see, I, yodel, little, little, I kill that oh, song. Be awesome. Oh, in my car, I crush that song by myself with the windows open. I, I got to remember that next time we're either in the car together and you just start breaking out into song. I'll no, because you'll windows. you'll uh, you'll try and uh, you'll try and tape it. But I think you know. I think this is one that I think can, can garner some interesting discussion because people have personal favorites for obviously very subjective reasons we try to try and objectively figure what we think a person that i think all of us probably have never met we only know uh, you know a little bit about the the persona and what we were we perceive he would have liked but i think this is one that i would love to hear your thoughts on what and there's no wrong i mean there is no uh, well, maybe there's a couple of wrong answers. There, there might be. Uh, I think if you, if you say out, if you um, say the country bears, uh, that that might be. He might not love that one as well. Uh, boy, the hunter mansion could have been could have been um, the biscuit eater. You know, uh, the biscuit eater. It's an early '70s. Monkeys go home. You know, again, we're getting into into ranges. Um, the boat, but I'm sure the boat next was probably somebody's favorite movie. So. Um, but I want to hear from you. I would love for you to go to www.radio.com slash box people. Join the group and weigh in there. And I like the group because it's a great place that everybody can be part of the conversation. You'll get notified as the discussion continues. What movie do you, what Disney movie specifically, do you think Walt Disney would have enjoyed or enjoyed most? So again, obviously ones that I think possibly after his death that you would have to sort of look back on and catch on well, not even Netflix, but Disney's upcoming. Man, he would, Walt would be given high fives all over the place for the streaming service and the Fox deal. Like, he's, yeah, I, I think so he would be given some, uh, some big hugs to, uh, to Bob Iger. Very forward thinking, and what's coming around the corner? Technology, in in terms of streaming versus, I mean, think about where we were going to. Uh, a movie to to a theater, um, then having a VHS or a beta, depending on which one your parents decided they needed to buy, um, going into uh, 
CDs and into DVDs and then to Blu-ray and then uh, how the technologies move there to streaming services now. All the changes that we've seen in our lifetime in, in this um, industry, it's going to be interesting to see what's next. Speaking of what's next, if you are thinking of coming here or to Disneyland or Adventures by Disney or a cruise line with or without us as a group, and it's, I'm telling you it's more fun when you do it as a group, Please go visit Becky. I mean, not at her house because there's guards and a moat and, like, dragons wow. outside. You can't get very close. You can't get very close. Just stay away from her cauldron. But if you go to Emma, if you go to mousemantravel.com, she has a team of incredible, wonderful, helpful agents um, that would be more than happy to help you. And certainly um, I will, we have more questions that we need to answer. But if you have a question you want me to answer on the show, just email me, lou at wdwradio.com, and we will talk about it on an upcoming show. Or Becky Mankin, thank you. Send something to me that I can throw at you when you talk no, about No, no. Th- okay. listen. <laughs> thank you very much for being here. Um, you know, I think Walt would have liked the black hole, except for that really weird, disturbing ending. It's There's a lot. I mean, you've got uh, Ernest Borgnine and Anthony Hopkins and, and, and Maximilian Schell and, and the ending with the that was a little weird. You never saw it, did you? No. no you I need didn't. to. You need to watch. Um, you need to watch that, and then let me know about the end. I know it's not a Disney movie, but what do you think he would think about um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like the the, the first one? Right, because that's the only one that matters. Yeah. Um, the second one, I, the second sorry, one, I couldn't do it. I, it didn't. So okay, here's a question for you. You get this right, I buy you a, a cocktail at the dockside bar at the boathouse. Anyway, I am not. <laughs> what Disney Imagineer had a huge hand in the production of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the original one? Shouldn't I know this? Five seconds. Four, uh, three, two, wicka wicka one. <laughs> Anything? Uh, no. <laughs> I should know this, shouldn't should I? This. I've I only talked about it on the show. I've only talked about it on the show like ten times. Uh, sorry, you have a show. Sorry, um, <laughs> just throw out a, a guess. Uh, Existentio. I don't know. Um, the fact that you can't even get Existentio's name I right. I can't say it right. Um, it's Harper Goff. It's Harper Goff. Really? Yeah. Go back and listen to the show I did about Harper Goff, and you'll find out exactly what he did there. Like number three. And then you can go back and watch Condor Man. And you should watch, watch Condor Man. Why? Because Condor Man, uh, again, early 80s Disney, um, there's, there's a lot of reasons why you should watch and probably should not watch Condor Man. Um, you should watch it because Michael Crawford's in it. Uh, you should not watch it because it's uh, Condor Man. Um, but it was really sort of Ron Miller's way to try and uh, get into this whole... You know, James Bond spyish kind of. It, didn't work it did well, not. Did it? it did no. not. Um, Execution was. Poor. But the Condor Condor Man figure is awesome. There's a, you're, there. you're just thrilled to find the the jackets, and you go, "Oh my gosh, that looks like Condor Man!" And I love Condor else to ask for for Christmas, right? What's your favorite Disney movie? Right now, really, it, Meet the Robinsons is my favorite Disney movie. It really is. That's one of those where you have to stop and watch it no matter where you hit it. If you like are, are scanning the TV, you know, I've got those, those movies that if you're just scanning looking for something and there's a movie and you have to stop. You just have to stop watching the rest so of the So it's not Jungle to Jungle? To jungle? <laughs> I don't even know what that the is. The Journey of Natty Gan? What? Where are you getting this stuff? 
Herbie goes bananas. <laughs> where, where did you get this stuff? Seriously. I've never heard of any of this that, you, that you're talking about. Ride a wild pony? Castaway Cowboy. Yeah. One Little Indian. Run, Cougar, run. The Biscuit Eater. I know, because I, I think I, I relate probably to that movie the most as a person who just, because I just had a biscuit. <laughs> so. Because I'm sure that's the entire plot of the movie. Monkeys Go Home. Who, who came up with this stuff? Emil and the Detectives. You're just looking for anything food-related for some strange The Three reason. Lives of... Um, dogs. I Close. Think. Thomasina. Of what? The Legend of Lobo. <laughs> Nikki, Wild Dog of the North. Okay, I have heard of that one. I never saw it. Toby Tyler, actually in a very good movie. I don't know who that is. Where can you find a reference to Toby Tyler in Walt Disney? Nah, I don't know who it. he is. <laughs> 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 what? White Wilderness. Third Man on... No, not the White Russian. Third Man on the Mountain. The Gnome-mobile. The Horse in the Gray Flannel Suit. <laughs> Seriously, you, are you looking at names of movies that should never be made? Time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or seeing how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see, sometimes in what you hear, maybe even what you eat or remember. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week in our 2017 recap show, we talked about the closing of Ellen's Energy Adventure and our anticipation for the new Guardians of the Galaxy attraction, which is going to replace it in Epcot Center. But I wanted to take the opportunity to remember Ellen, specifically ask you a question about her energy adventure. And your question was simply to tell me, what was the final Jeopardy category that was presented to Ellen and Stupid Judy? Because remember, Einstein had no money and was unable to play. And again, thanks to the hundreds of you who answered, got this one correct, and knew that the final Jeopardy category is, was, the future of energy. I took all of the correct entries, randomly selected one, and again, as always, you're playing for my 102 ways to save money for an at Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, a WW Radio Magic Band cover, some stickers, and a WW Radio pop socket. And I think I said I was going to throw in a mystery prize. If not, I'm going to throw in a mystery prize. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Ellie Donaldson. So, Ellie, congratulations. I have your shipping information because you used the online form. If you played last week and didn't win, forget about it. It's over. Let's move ahead. Keep moving forward because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So as we just looked back on 2017, it gets me somewhat nostalgic, but I do also like to look ahead into the future 
And I'm excited for so much of what's to come to Walt Disney World, including, but not limited to, the Skyliner. Uh, It makes me think back of the old Skyway in the Magic Kingdom. That inspired me to ask this week's trivia question. Simply tell me, what lands did the Skyway in Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom connect? That's it. You have until Sunday, January 14th to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, and fill out the form there. Again, you're going to play for the books, the audio tours, the cover, the stickers, and the pop socket not available in stores or anywhere. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I know how valuable your time is. It's the one thing that we don't have enough of and we can never get back. So the fact that you spend and share some of it with me each and every week means so very much to me. I also want to thank some of the new and longtime members of the WW Radio Nation, including some new members like Mark Sigmund, Stuart Boyles, James Desern, and Kevin Shea. Thank you so very much for helping to keep the lights on and for the love and the support that you and the other members of the WW Radio Nation family have shown over the last few years. If you want to not only help the show, but also get exclusive rewards every month, like scavenger hunts, we have a private Facebook group. I'll send you personalized Magic Band covers, logo gear, backpacks, t-shirts, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World. We also do a live video group call every month and lots more you can visit www.radio.com support and don't forget that a portion of the proceeds of your contributions every month do go to our dream team project to benefit the make-a-wish foundation of america speaking of which i want to thank and congratulate all of the members of the ww radio running team all those who came out to help cheer and everybody who lined up for the 5k 10k half and or full marathons this past weekend in walt disney world i loved being out there to see and cheer each and every one of you on and to all those who are part of the running team who came to the meet of the month and were able to meet one of the Make-A-Wish families that we were able to sponsor their wish this year. Uh, I, I appreciate you in ways that you cannot imagine. And that family, I know, and all the families that we have helped with the more than a quarter of a million dollars that we have raised over the past 10 years, uh, appreciate you and all that you do. So congratulations again, and thanks to each and every one of you. To find out more about joining the running team, whether you walk, wog, jog, or just want to come cheer with us, you can visit WDWRun.com. Don't forget also to join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WDW Radio Live. I do a live video broadcast and chat either from the home studio or out and about through the from the parks. You can watch, chat, and be part of the conversation every week as well as other occasions as I'm out and about in the parks and elsewhere on Disney properties. To make sure you don't miss any episode of the show, be sure and like and turn on notifications on the WDW Radio Facebook page at facebook.com slash Radio. More importantly, I really want you to be part of the community and the family and the conversation. And the best place to do that is the WW Radio group on Facebook. If you go to wdwradio.com slash box people, that will take you to the WW Radio box people group. That's sort of the name that stuck so many years ago. Uh, that is really where most of the conversations can take place, where you can start and be part of the conversations as well. You can also connect with me elsewhere on social. I am at Lou Mangello on Twitter, my personal profile on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. I would love to hear from and connect with you there. Of course, you know that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. That's why I continue to do Meet of the Month as I have for the past 10 years in Walt Disney World. Again, thanks to everybody who came to the Meet of the Month in Tomorrowland this past weekend. 
The next meet of the month in February will possibly be the 11th. Don't quote me on that. Again, stay tuned to the, the Facebook page and group to find out more. I will also be doing other meetups and events, uh, not just in Walt Disney World, but around the well, really around the world this year as I travel to uh, speak at events and conferences and to businesses. If you want to learn more about how I can maybe come to speak or in some of the topics that I cover to your event, to your business, or to your school, you can visit loumangelo.com. Speaking of speaking, I will be speaking February 8th through the 10th. I will be the closing keynote speaker at PodFest 2018 right here in Orlando at the Wyndham. If you go to loumangelo.com slash podfest18, you can learn more and get your tickets. And if there's some way that I can help you individually work on that thing that you love and turn it into that thing that you do and turn your passion into something more, I would love to be able to help you with some one-on-one mentoring. Again, find out more at loumangelo.com. Thanks again to Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel. Thanks to little Timmy Foster from Celebrations Magazine. You can subscribe and order back issues at celebrationspress.com. And most importantly, thank you. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, again, this past weekend continued to show that. I, I appreciate you so much. But all I ask is that if you like this show, please help spread the word. As soon as this show is over, Figure out a way to invite one of your friends to be part of our WW Radio family or community. Spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Copy a link to this or one of your other favorite episodes and share it out on Facebook and Twitter. And if you can, take just 30 seconds to rate and review the show over on iTunes. Thanks to you, we have nearly 1,400 five-star reviews. They are so incredibly helpful. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Trudeau43, who says it's the best podcast. It really helps get my mind into Disney when I'm stuck up in cold Connecticut. Lou always brings a little bit of warmth back here. Keep being great, and thanks for all that you do. Mailman Doug says it's the best of the best. It keeps me coming back for more than knowledge and enthusiasm. Lou makes me want to try something new every time I go back. Chances are it's food. Dunk Faz from the United Kingdom says, It is a dunk. It's an amazing guy, amazing podcast, so much knowledge and fun. And Foxy Fask says, This is the best podcast. The first thing I do every Wednesday morning is check for a new WW Radio episode. Lou has a love for Disney that brings a smile to your face. And he has a love for people that is inspiring. Uh, thank you, Fo- Foxy Fask, uh, Dunk, Mailman Doug, and Trudeau, and everybody else who has left the review. To find out exactly how or get a link directly to the iTunes store, you can visit www.radio.com slash iTunes. I hope that this new year affords you the inspiration and opportunity to start taking steps, however small, to do that thing that you love each and every day. And I hope, and I hope that you make your reasons be stronger than your excuses. I also hope that this is your best week ever. Thank you again so much. I love and appreciate you. See ya. Hey, Lou and everybody in the WDW Radio family. I just wanted to say Happy New Year to all of you. This is Beatrice Feeney. The end of 2017, it's been a great year, but 2018 is going to be even better. So my prayers and thoughts to all of you are to have a wonderful, happy, healthy, prosperous new year surrounded by the ones you love. For those of you, I can't wait to see this week running marathon week. Uh, I'm running dopey, so I'll be out there, and I can't wait to see and hug everybody. Can't wait to see the wonderful family that the WDW radio running team has sponsored to be here through Make-A-Wish. It's going to be a fantastic time for everyone. Can't wait to see you. And 2018 is going to be the year that we get married on the Alaska cruise. So for all of you 
that we'll see on the cruise. I can't wait to celebrate our week with you. So have a great Happy New Year. And from Beatrice Dini and the family, wishing you all wonderful 2018. See you real soon, pals. Hi, Lou. This is Sarah from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I just finished listening to the recap of 2017 podcast. And you mentioned doing a podcast on what it would be like to move to Disney or moving to Disney. And my boyfriend and I are actually planning on trying to make our way down to Florida this August. I'm finishing up a physician assistant program now, and that's where we want to be. So having a heads up on what it's like and what to do would be fabulous. Hopefully, then, I will get to see you at a meet of the month or one of your other events. Thanks for all you do, Lou. Hi, Lou. This is Jeff Imwald calling from New York City, where we are in the middle of our first blizzard of 2018. I've been a long-time listener. Uh, it's the first time I've ever called, though. I love your trivia contest. I every, excuse me, I enter every time I know the answer without Googling or if she's a cheat. Uh, but I am calling because I loved listening to all of your shows about your trip to the Asian Disney parks. Um, and... I had the experience of going to Tokyo Disneyland last year in April of 2017, uh, and it was really, really fantastic. I know exactly what you mean when you say that it was just so unique to have the opportunity to experience a Disney park for the first time all over again. Uh, I was there with my partner, and as soon as we walked into the hub, I started crying, and it only got better from there. It was absolutely tears of joy and just the feeling of just being so lucky to be able to have this opportunity to to experience a new Disney park. Um, and uh, the hands-down best part of the entire uh, trip from both parks between Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea, I definitely agree with you, was the fortress. I loved running around that fortress and exploring everything, and every new room was some type of new adventure, and I felt like I was a kid all over again. Looking forward to going to Shanghai in uh, March of this year. That'll be the sixth and final park for me, and I'm really, really excited to make it there and to round out the full collection. Uh, but I just wanted to call and share that experience because it really resonated with me as you were talking about it. And I love listening to your show. I love listening to uh, all of your top tens, to all of the history shows and all of the fun facts and things that we didn't know before. So thanks for all that you do. Keep it up and stay warm. Hello, Lou Mangiello. It's Gabby Laksamana from Columbia, Maryland. I'm just calling in. It's my first day back at home from our weekend at uh, Marathon Weekend. Um, I just wanted to say how thankful Joe and I were to see you and the rest of the running team along the course, cheering us on, running alongside us. Um, it was just so fun to have be surrounded by so many of the running team, more than we had ever seen. Um, and we really appreciated seeing you and Becky and other spectators coming out in the unseasonably cold weather um, to come cheer us on. Um, we just had so much fun. I just wanted to thank you for that. Um, this was my last Run Disney race as a, an unmarried woman. So the next time Joe and I will be running in Florida, we will be running as husband and wife, which I'm pretty excited about. <laughs> All righty. Well, everybody, 
stay warm out there, or I guess you guys stay cool down there. I see it's going to be warming up the end of the week, of course, as soon as we have left now. Um, but everyone have a magical week. Thanks again. Shout out to all the runners this weekend. Everyone did a phenomenal job. Talk to you later, Lou. Bye. Good morning, Lou Mangiello, Darlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York, and I am calling in to say that the weather's supposed to be warming up here in Buffalo and West Seneca. Oh, my gosh, it's so it's been so cold. It's been minus 20 degrees. I feel like I'm back in Alaska. Actually, we're colder than Alaska right now, and I am very excited. I'm almost, almost five months away from, or four months away, actually, from my trip to the world, and you're almost five months away until that Alaska cruise, speaking of Alaska, and then we are, oh my gosh, it's getting so close, October's trip with the Sternbergs is coming up, so we can't wait to see all the new changes to the world, and I'm hoping to get on Toy Stories. Slinky Coaster. Woohoo! Have a magical day. Run those Disney marathoners. Thank you so much for running for the WDW radio team. I wish I was there to cheer you on in the future. Hopefully I can be there. I know I will when I retire. I'll be there with Lou cheering everybody on and waiting for those hugs. Love y'all. See you soon. And a great big puddle of blood on the ground.